So as I prayed about today, I thought, Father, how do I express my heart? How do I start this in a way that sets the context for the purpose of this idea. Because initially what happened is I wanted to have a service in a day where we, we thank all of the volunteers, which we honour you. But I felt the Lord say, you can thank them, but why don't you thank me? Because they serve me. And if their heart of gratitude is in the right place, they'll continue to do what I'm calling them to do. And out of me came this moment where I thought, wow, do I thank God enough? Do I? So last weekend, I had the honour of taking Jai with me, my son. For those of you uh, that we maybe haven't met before, I've got three beautiful kids. I've got Kiara, Jai and Lila. Um, about however many months ago, I can't even remember, the plan was, it was in July, the plan was to take the whole family to Queensland. And just before we left, the whole family got Rona. And um, she wasn't welcome in our house. And what that meant at the time, we all know that uh, the family was forced into some isolation, except for the spiritual one in the household. And at the time, Jai also, who didn't get Rona, Rona didn't touch him, me. So what happened is the girls got out of ISO and the day before we were to leave, Jai got COVID. So the girls went up. Uh, without us to Queensland and Jai and I stayed with him. So then come uh, last weekend, it was Jai's turn to come with me to Queensland. We packed our bags. I took a massive briefcase for four days. Jai practically took a pair of jocks and one t-shirt. I'm like, what are you doing? Why didn't I check? The guy, the guy, he packs like a brother, like, let's go. So anyway, we go to put the bags on the check-in. I put mine on. His bag is not recognised by the machine. The lady says he can take on two bags. I'm like, great, that's awesome. So he's got a little backpack, which has a drink bottle in it. That was it, and an iPad. And then a bag with, I, don't, I didn't look in it, clearly not enough. Mind you, the moment we got to Queensland, the brother spent the whole week with just shorts on. He just totally slotted into that culture. Just, we're sitting in a cafe and I'm talking to Chris Valentine. That's who I'd seen. And I'm like, Chris, do you feel uncomfortable? We're in a cafe with people and you have no shirt on. I go, that's weird. I look over Jai, exactly the same. <laughs> so anyway, we get off the plane. We had to wait about an hour and a half uh, to be picked up. Uh, we arrive in Coolangatta and um, uh, Caloundra. And uh, we're there. I've got my oversized, way too much uh, uh, stuff. I'm not, I don't even know. Anyway, I, I'm a, I, clearly I'm a preparer. Anyway, I've got so much stuff, uh, which is offset by Jai's nothingness under my arms. And it was six degrees, six degrees here, raining, like Armageddon, like it was crazy here. You get out off the plane in the Sunshine Coast, it's like the sun is shining, it was 26 degrees, there's not a cloud in the sky, rebuke that state there in that moment. But I'm well overdressed. I'm hot. I'm, I'm pulling things. I'm thinking, Jai, what do you want to do? He goes, let's go to the beach. So anyway, we get down to the beach. I'm pulling everything. You know, he's in his own world. He's just looking around. He's just excited to be with me. And we get to the beach and I plunk myself down on the, on the grass. And I said to him, you can go and play. Now, the only way I can describe it has been, has anybody ever gone to the beach and you let the dog off a lead? It's woo! <laughs> Like he is, I look up, he is hammering, hammering through the sand. So anyway, I thought I'll take my jumper off. So I take my jumper off, then I quickly go to find my boy. Now he's chasing birds. He's chasing birds. 
running, just having a great time. You know, he then got puffed out, thought I'm a bit hot. He goes to me, don't worry, Dad, I won't get wet. I'm like, good, you've got nothing to get changed into. You've got one T-shirt. What are you doing? Anyway, next minute, he's in the water like the karate kid, completely wet, completely wet, chopping the water. I'm like, I said to him, how do you think that chopping the water would equal you not getting wet? Like, come on. So anyway, he runs out of energy. He returns to me. By this point, I said, are you hungry? Let's get some food. He says, yeah, yeah, let's get some food. So I grabbed the bag. I grab his nothingness. We're trundling down to the, to the cafe. We, we find this cafe. I thought, oh, yeah, do you, do you want something from the cafe? Absolutely. This is great. So I order a pie. Uh, he gets a croissant. Classy kid, isn't he? <laughs> I'm like, that's what you want? Enjoy it. So anyway, we sit there. We're at the table. I'm sweating. He's happy as. He's looking around. He's looking at the birds. He's looking at the sun. You know, he's looking at everything and picks up his food and he goes to bite it. And in that moment, he pauses. And I'll remember this moment the rest of my life. He puts his food back down. And he looks up at me and he says, Thanks, Dad. He remembered in all of the excitement, in all of the security that he has, me with a spirit of gratitude. It wasn't thank you for the lunch. It was thank you that I'm here. It was thank you that I'm in your presence. It was thank you that you brought me. And as I thought about that moment, I realised, imagine what our gratitude does to the heart of God. Imagine what our thankfulness actually does to his heart because he just loves us. He just wants to be in our presence. That's why he sent his son Jesus, so that it would enable a relationship like that. In Psalm 103, we'll reflect on it in a minute. It says like a father. He has a father's heart towards us. And I wonder if how often it is that we actually take the time, and this is what today is about, to actually thank him properly. Like to put your food down to settle yourself in the environment and the place that God has put you and say, thanks, God. Thanks, Dad. And really mean it. Because gratitude can be difficult in our culture. In fact, gratitude can actually be difficult full stop because we know that all of us could think of things in our life that we're actually not grateful for. That's the reality. Life gets hard. Some things are chronic. There are challenges that we have to walk through, we have to grow through that aren't nice. But just because we are in a culture that's immersed with negativity and self-entitlement, we're called to love that world. We're called to fight for those people. We're called to love that world, but we are not called to become like it. We're to be grateful. The average Australian statistic at the moment has grown from five years ago to at the moment they estimate. And I think that there's obviously, whenever you think of statistics, there's obviously a bell curve. So there's going to be people in the extreme. There's going to be people that are less. But they say the average Australian is spending two hours and 27 minutes on social media a day. 
Now, if you immerse yourself in that world for that length of time, what would it do to your spirit and what would it do to your gratitude? We're called to be in this world, but we're not called to be like it. So what do we do? Well, the Bible's very clear and gives us examples of what we should do. Philippians 4.8, which I return to often, says, Finally, brothers and sisters, this is what we should put our mindset on. But why? I'll get there. But it says this, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. So if you were to bring this filter to your social media platforms, is it true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it gossip? Is it impure? Because we're in a culture that I do not want to creep into this church, into our personal lives, into our spiritual life. So we need to challenge it. We need to create in ourselves a mindset that is a default that challenges what the world constantly is putting in front of us. So what is that mindset? Well, we know this in Romans 12 too. It says, don't copy. This is the NLT version. Do not copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, once you've changed the way you think, it says you will learn to know God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You get the right mindset. You listen to God better. You listen to God better. You can hear His will and His purpose. You chase the right things. So if that's the case, when you are filling your life with what's noble and what's true and what's pure and you have the right mindset, what is happening if you are filling it with what's not of God? It becomes harder to hear God's voice. You chase the wrong things. So mindset is important. And I believe with all my heart that gratitude is an important mindset. I believe thankfulness precedes breakthrough. You see it in Scripture. You see it when, when, the, when you pray about anxiety. It says, be anxious for nothing. It says, but by prayer, petition and thanksgiving, make your need known to God. If you have thanksgiving, it precedes God moving. The right attitude, the right reflection, the right mentality, not like the world, but as He calls us to not conform, to not lie down, but rather to make a choice. I won't conform to the patterns and the thinking of this world, but I'll be transformed by the renewing of my mind, putting God's truth into my heart and into my mind. So today is about gratitude. Today is about thanking God for His goodness. If we, were to, if we were to begin to do that, and, and before I move on, I, I want to give you 10 seconds. I literally don't want you to sit in this room. Listen, I want you to do this. 10 seconds, I want you to think of things right now that you're thankful to God for. Quickly, think now. Is it your family? Is it your job? Is it your health? Are you struggling? That's okay. Renew your mind more. Fill it with God's truth more. But there are things. Who here, I believe every hand should be raised. Who here believes they've got something to be thankful to God for today? Absolutely. 
So, Father, we pray that you would use your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm not going to preach for too long because I actually want to save emotional capacity within us to pour out our hearts in worship. Uh, We're going to see people baptised This should be something that we glorify God for. We've been generous beyond the tithe in this house. This is something that we should thank God we have the capacity for. But you're breathing and you're living. That is something to thank God for. So let's turn to Psalm 103. It's a Thanksgiving Psalm. And I'm going to walk you through it in a hope that this gives you additional reason to have a Thanksgiving spirit. To Jesus, Father, we love you. So the first thing in Psalm, we're going to work our way through it as quick as I can, is we're going to look at the first two verses. And what I titled this is, as you can see, it is a wholehearted thank you. Your whole heart. Like that moment in Jai, it wasn't just a thanks, Dad. He settled himself. He focused in order that he could show me what it was that was coming out of his heart in order to thank me. Have you ever seen something done half-hearted? You should see my kids at some point. They can't be bothered with the dishes. We all get there. Sometimes the plates look messier after they've cleaned them than before. April and I, all right, it's a lie. April goes into the kitchen to re-clean after their cleaning. Why? Because their heart wasn't necessarily in it. We've all been there before. Husbands, when your wife wants to share with you their options for their next haircut, you don't really care. You don't care. I don't care. I'm sorry, babe. It's honest. I'm just telling the truth. I care about you. The hair can leave. If you're bald, I'd still love you. But I don't really care. So in that moment, I'm a bit half-hearted in my buy-in. You know, she's like, would you look at this? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's nice. What about this option? That's nice. It's the same option, okay. (laughs) I'll focus in. This is what it says in the psalm. And here is a, a principle that's very simple. If it is not your whole heart, there is a good chance then it is not your best. If it's not your whole heart, it's probably not your best. So when you come to worship God, are there Sundays? Are there morning devotions when your whole heart isn't in it? There is a very, very good chance then that's not your best. And a heart of gratitude that means it comes to God with a very different spirit. So the psalmist starts in verse 1 and 2 and he says this, Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. With my whole heart. I'm not going to add much further to the scripture, but to say that when we worship God, can we be an all-in culture? Can we come before the throne? And say, all that is within me, 
I'm leaving no room for distraction. I'm letting aside my week, even if it's been tough, even if it's been hard. And I'm focusing on you because in this moment when I praise the Lord, I want it with all of me and all of my heart. I want to give you my best. That is the beginning of this psalm of thanksgiving. It is setting up the premise of what God deserves from us when we thank Him. But the psalmist in great form goes on to describe God in His beauty and why we should worship and thank Him with a full heart. It says this in one of the scriptures which I'm about to read. It says, He fills my life with good things. In the moment between verses 3 and 5, it actually begins to paint a picture of God's intention for our life. Now, I love that it is made clear. It is made clear because when things are made clear, it's easier to understand where you are going. Today, we know the service is about gratitude. Why? I gave it a name. Gratitude service. Pretty sure everybody had a clue what the theme would be today. Because I was deliberate about what I pray happens in our hearts and our lives today as we come before the throne. So in this, the psalmist has said, I'm all in. But here is one of, this is the main reason, in my opinion, as to why we should be all in. If you look at verses 3 to 5, it says this, He forgives all of my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like an eagle. He forgives all of my sins through the work of His Son, through the work of the cross. He forgives my sins. He heals all of my diseases. You know, there's a special person at our church. His name is Jim. He's not here uh, today. Um, he's fighting cancer. He's in, he's, in a, he's in a renewal battle right now. But God has done some significant work in his life. The other fortnight, I've asked that I could share this with him. He texts me, says, oh, I'm not feeling great. Could you please get the team to be praying for me? Now, he's not feeling great. He texts me. He was having a major heart attack at that moment. It's a pretty rough reason to be feeling unwell. They go in and what they do is they, they do a thing called an angiogram, which is they check out the vessels, the coronary vessels, to see, okay, what's going on? Because a heart attack is when the vessels in the heart are blocked and the heart tissue is dying. So the key to helping a person in a heart attack is get blood flow to the heart tissue. Unblock the coronary arteries. So they go in there through the special way that they do and the main vessel is completely occluded. It's completely blocked. And the two either side to it, the, le the, the not as important ones, are very, very narrow. We begin to pray because he's a man of God. He's got an incredible ministry where he's seen people restored to Christ. Uh, they minister to them. Uh, Jim and Netta, they're incredible counsellors. God needs him fit and well for the kingdom. So as we pray, we pray. They book him in for open heart surgery because if you can't get a stent in, you have to go the old-fashioned way, do your thing. They go, we're going to check it one more time. They go in, they check, it's completely unblocked. The coronary, the main coronary one, completely occluded. Come on, let's give the hand a Thank you, Jesus. 
God saves us from our sins. But I want to let you know that this church believes today He heals all of our diseases. I believe it. He redeems me from death. Hallelujah. He crowns us with loving kindness. Hallelujah. So now we see in this scripture, one, we've seen what we should do. We should be all in. Second, we see God's plan. It's incredible what he does for us, what, what he's done through his son. He's redeemed us from our sins through the work of the cross. He heals our diseases. He wants what's best for us. But now we begin to see the character of God painted in scripture. We can be grateful uh, because I read a quote this week that says this, that we or people in general, uh, should be more concerned about your character than your reputation because your character is who you really are. Your reputation is what people think of you. Your character is who you really are. It says in the Scripture that He revealed His character in verse 7 to Moses. He revealed who He truly is. These are reasons to be grateful. Let me tell you, in verse 6 it says, He's righteous. In verse 8, it says he is compassionate and merciful. It says he's filled with unfailing love. He doesn't deal harshly with us. That's verse 10. He's tender and he's compassionate. You know, the other week when I think of God's compassion, it's amazing because he knows us. You know, the other day at the kids' school, uh, they've got uh, little chickens being born chicks and they're so cute anybody seen them they're like tiny and my girls are like just so tender with them you know give them the little one finger pat and getting videos of them and selfies that generation already look at me with the chicken but just a little chicken it's a little chicken somebody was to break into that school and steal the chicken and leave a ransom note for a million dollars those chickens are dead it's being honest. I know it's a buzzkill. Let's be honest. It's just a little chicken. I'm really nailing life today, aren't I? <laughs> Kiara's in the room. I love the chickens too. It's, a, it's an illustration, babe. We're not killing the chickens. We're stealing the chickens. But they're not worth very much in comparison to our society. They're not priceless. But yet my daughters, they understand the compassion and the tenderness and that scripture goes on to go, God's compassionate and he knows who you really are. He goes, you're dust. Technically correct. He remembers how he'd formed us. He remembers our weaknesses, but yet he still looks at us with compassion. Jared, I might get you to join me just yourself a little bit earlier. Teagues, if you want to go and organise, not Teagues, Taryn. She's going to go and organise the young kids to come back in in a moment. Still got two more. It's not a three-pointer today. Whoa. <laughs> so we remember that we need to be all in today. Can I ask that you pour out your passion today? Make it a wholehearted thank you to God today. We need to remember in view of God's plan, we sit here redeemed and bought with a price of Jesus. 
We sit here going, he's a God who's compassionate, he's tender. Even though he knows who we really are, he still loves us. But then in Psalm 103, 19, paints a picture that he, he sits on the throne of the heavens. The God that loves you more than anything, the God that counts all the hairs on your head, the God that wrote down all the days of your life in a book, the God that has more thoughts about you than there are grains of sand is the God of the universe. He sits on the throne. And we get to be in his presence. It's not a small thing. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords knows your name. So now after the hindsight of all these things that have been written, we land at the end of Psalm 103, where the psalmist is painting a picture saying, I'm all in. Angels, you know the goodness of God. You be all in. And the psalmist says, in fact, everything that's been created. Worship and thank the Lord. And I don't want to be a church that ever takes that for granted. The decision we made to follow Jesus is the greatest decision we've ever made. Because we get to spend eternity in God's presence. The King of Kings, the compassionate one, the tender-hearted one. We get to worship Him. And I really want to do that in a moment. But what we're going to do is I want to invite those that are being baptised to come.